boy is eating. The boy is your name. What is your name? She is not a girl. First, hey, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? Coffee with Gringos, Dynamic English's new podcast where you can learn English simply by hearing people use it. So sit down and have a coffee with us. You are listening to Coffee with Gringos. I'm Paige Sutherland, and here with me today is Tomas Silva. Tomas, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. So, since you have not been on the show before, just introduce yourself a little bit to the listeners, where you're from, what you do for a living. My name is Tomas. I'm Chilean. Originally from Osorno, a town in the south of Chile, 10 hours by car. I'm 30 years old, believe it or not. I work as a data scientist in a Chilean company called Acepta. And we do a lot of uh, like digital solutions for our clients and big companies. I practice a lot of sports. I enjoy life in general. Well, Tomas is being a little shy. He's actually a professional arm wrestler. So not just practicing sports, you're at an elite level. And it's something that a lot of people don't do, especially not in Chile. So tell us a little bit about how you got into arm wrestling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so Paige is right. I am pretty serious about about sports. I practice arm wrestling in a very professional level. I don't make a living out of it, but I compete internationally. I I currently hold second place in South America with my right arm under 80 kilograms. At that level, you have to be very serious about it. You have to practice. It's funny how everybody thinks that it's just like a recreational sport everybody has heard of it everybody has tried but yeah there are rules there are tables professional measurements professional referees leagues tournaments like every other sport i think one of the most interesting things about arm wrestling is the common preconception is that if you see a big guy big arms you know huge that he's good at arm wrestling what would you say to that oh that is That's so far from from the truth. I thought so at the beginning too. I mean, a big guy will always be strong, but like what uh, really sets apart uh, an arm wrestler is the strength in the forearm and the hand, also the fingers. You see these big guys with huge biceps, backs, but the main thing for a, a professional athlete in arm wrestling is the ability to have hand control. Professional arm wrestler, good look, like any normal guy, but if you take a look at the at their hands and forearms, that's where you'll see that that big difference. And so, speaking of that, in your career so far, has there been someone that you've been up against that weighs quite a lot more than you, but you won the match? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Even a guy who was trained for for quite a bit, the guy in pounds, I don't know. 125 kilos that I'm t- we're talking 250 260 I weigh 175 I was even weighing less at that time and at that point I was maybe not as good as I am today but the guy did not really have a lot of experience he was like a you know that sort of a big muscle head in the gym lifting a lot of weights but he did not know how to train properly 
it was so easy. It was a technical match. I just took his hand uh, with both arms, and it was done. Technique goes a long way if the other guy doesn't know how to do it. And it seems in arm wrestling, from what I've seen, is that the matches are pretty short. You're not talking, you know, a couple minutes. It's seconds, right? The average uh, match goes for less than a second. So far, you've competed internationally. What are some of the places you've you've been to? I've been to Argentina several times. I've been to Bolivia, Peru, Ecuador. I'm thinking of going going to Brazil soon and Chile many times. I've competed in here for many, many times. And I, I have to ask, how does Chile compare in the region when it comes to arm wrestling? Yeah, everybody agrees that we're like this, a solid third place for sure. Brazil is number one by, well, it's it's a huge gap. Brazil has a lot of experience, a lot of people too, and they, they, they have a history. They, they've been doing this for a long time. They have the best trainers. They even have world champions. Then after Brazil, Argentina, they've come a long way. They are really, really strong. And then Chile. We have over 50 consistent competitors. Among those, we're about three to four that we're on like a different level and we compete internationally. And who's the top on the world stage? You would say USA, but no, 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 no. US is very good at the level of Brazil, I I would even say. Like they're about equal, but the number one in in the world, we're talking uh, Ukraine, Russia, Georgia, Kazakhstan, Bulgaria, all those like middle middle eastern uh, countries they the government pays them to compete so it's a complete different culture they have schools when you get started you know at a very young age it's just your adaptions your muscles just grow with that training in you so i got started when i was 24 so it's not the same if i had uh, gotten started when i was little it would have been a complete different story i'm sure i I would be better today i mean it makes sense in in all sports and so going back a little bit, let's chat about how you learned English. Obviously, you're, you're fluent now. What did you do to get to where you are today? Yeah, I went to a school in the South where English was not like a strength. We all learned French. I went to a French school. So English was never a priority. When I was 15, I decided to go to the U.S. on a foreign exchange program in Denver, Colorado, a little town, suburb of Denver. And that's how I got started. It really, like, it tells you if you want to learn a, a new language, you have to practice, you have to put yourself out there. If not, you can learn a bunch of grammar, a bunch of sentences, uh, oh, how to do this, how to do that, even develop a lot of the listening sk- skills. I know a lot of people that they're really good, they understand, uh, they watch movies without subtitles. But if you want to get good at speaking and having a conversation you have to put yourself out there and I would always recommend uh, living in the US or living in a in an English speaking country and I also made the effort to hang out with only people that didn't know any Spanish I was lucky enough to be sent to Colorado where the Hispanic population is not very uh, big it was very tiring at the beginning my English was not good at all hola hello my name is with a very uh, Spanish accent and uh, and then you realize that we have different pronunciations in Spanish the vowels are pronounced always the same it's so different in English and you have to learn that and it took me a while to really get to it and I came back to Chile I was definitely better than everybody else in my in my class 
and I always pushed myself. I it, it's funny. This is a little personal, but sometimes just to practice your your pronunciation, your mouth, the positions are so different that uh, to a point that where you need to develop that flexibility. For example, the word better. It's it was so hard to pronounce for me. I would say better, better, but my tongue was not used to being in that position. You have to practice it's like working out like arm wrestling you want to be good at it you have to practice so i would just read a book out loud and make sure that i would pronounce everything right even sometimes when i wanted to really nail it i would record record myself and go back to the recording and make sure i was i was sounding okay so i am pretty dedicated when it comes to things i like then In university, I decided to do the same thing. So I went to, I, I lived uh, in, in Santa Barbara, California for over a year. It really helped me. I, I was more comfortable with my, my language. And then I came back to Chile again. I finished university and um, I found a job where I had, I had to use English all the time. So it really pushed me to be practicing a lot. I had to use English every day at the bank. After that point, I, I believe English has always been a part of who I am, and I use it pretty often. I guess to wrap up, looking back at your all your time in the U.S., mastering the language, what would be the one tip you'd give someone who's struggling right now trying to learn? The number one tip I would give is live abroad. Don't use your native language. You have to push yourself hard enough to adapt, learn, You could even go to like a different country, but you know, hang out with the people you feel more more comfortable with, people from your same country or like, you know, neighboring countries where they speak the same language. Don't do that. If that's your real goal, push yourself to use it. If not, you might learn some, not the same. I agree. Well, thanks so much for chatting with us, Tomas. And I know that you have a competition coming up in a few weeks, so good luck in Argentina. Thank you. As you know, the vocabulary guide and translation will be on the website if you get lost, so check that out. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Coffee with Gringos was brought to you by Dynamic English, where you can learn English simply by using it. If you're interested in taking classes or just want to learn more, go to our website at dynamicenglish.cl. Thanks for listening.